This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Monday, January 23rd, 2006. I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. And I'm Veronica Belmont, author of Nothing in Particular. You are the producer of the podcast, (laughs) which is much cooler. All right, good enough. Uh, Molly is out on assignment at the uh, National Association of Television Producers and Executives Conference, NATPE. It sounds so exciting, I can barely contain myself. Yeah, she's in Las Vegas again. But she's giving a speech. She's giving a presentation. She was actually kind of all nervous and excited. Oh, she'll be fine. You know, working hard, getting prepared. She's basically going to stand up in a bunch of TV execs and tell them, this is how people want to use television. Hmm. So all of your comments, all of your uh, emails and forum postings and everything are all feeding into that presentation. So... Molly gets a chance to tell the TV execs what you think. I wish I could be there. I know. I wish I could. I wish I could like see a video recording of it yeah, or something. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, she put a lot of work in that presentation. So good luck to Molly. Yay! Yeah, um, she couldn't be here. Oh but well. It's too bad she can't be here because one of the one of her favorite stories is up in the news today. As the U.S. Supreme Court rejected an appeal from RIM, the makers of BlackBerry, uh, on the case that would shut down their service based on a patent violation. They got shut down. Yeah, well, the Supreme Court, when the Supreme Court rejects something, that leaves the lower court uh, ruling standing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is sort of like saying, well, the the lower court is right. But there may be some some legal wiggle room. I don't quite understand it, but they're 90% done. If there's one thing that I absolutely know nothing about, it's law. Yeah. Nothing. It's tough, too, because it comes into play in all these stories. I know. And that's why I rarely have anything to say about these kind of stories. Cause I'm like, wow, that sucks. Or, man, that's too bad for them. But I, you know, I can't be like, well, actually, blah, 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 blah. Well, according to the News.com story, in 2004, Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit, the only federal appeals court in the country for patent cases, rejected RIM's argument that it was not infringing on NTP's patents. NTP holds the patent that uh, is essential to the BlackBerry service. Right. Uh, and... Then RIM petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court to hear the case. U.S. Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to hear the case. That's not a ruling. That's just saying we're not going to hear the case. And so now that federal circuit court decision stands. And I don't know what other options RIM would have. Yeah. But they say they have a workaround. Yeah, but like we talked about last time, they're not actually putting it out there, right? Well, no, they're going to wait until they've run out of options before they put it out because it would undermine their case. We're too important. The economy will fall apart if you shut us down. Argument didn't work so hot. huh? Best part about this whole thing is that NTP has said that they will not force RIM to shut down the service for government employees and emergency workers. Oh, Okay. So, big so objection. A big objection to this was that it would would undermine national security and undermine the workings of the government. So, NTP did a smart thing and said, "You know what? We'll we'll let them keep using it as long as they need." So to. So that's a permanent fix. Yeah, and then uh, other customers would get would uh, under a proposal from NTP, other customers could get a thirty day grace period before they had to cut off the service. What I don't understand is why NTP and Black and Rim can't come to a an agreement on this. I mean, I, I understand why they wouldn't when there's a court case going on. Mm-hmm. But once this is over, I wonder if they can come to an agreement uh, because I think it's not going to be as big a deal as people think. I think either RIM and NTP will give up their posturing and come to an agreement or RIM's black workaround will be a hassle for everyone because they'll have to update their firmware. Right. But it'll end up being just a, as as if nothing had happened. <sighs> 
I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We will just have to wait and see. I have a feeling when when this kind of stuff happens, it usually... I always go with the feeling that it's just going to blow over. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Nothing really traumatic is going to happen. Because nine times out of ten, you're right. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I get that feeling about this or not. Really? I just don't know. Your spidey sense? It's been going on for so long yeah. that, yeah, my spidey sense are tingling. <laughs> well, everybody's got trios now. All the people I know who used to have blackberries now have trios. Yeah. So it's almost like the court case may have killed BlackBerry on its own business-wise, not not because the service actually will get turned off. But mm. uh, yeah, yeah, bottom line is bad guys win, though. I mean, as far as I know, NTP doesn't do anything but squat and patents. Mm. You can point it out if I'm wrong, but I haven't found any evidence otherwise. So it's kind of... I mean, it's kind of against innovation in this yeah, sense. Which yeah. patent law is supposed to foster innovation, not squash it. But we'll they didn't see. get the memo. All right, almost the entire rest of the show is going to focus on uh, copyright because there's a huge amount of stories breaking breaking today. Okay. Uh, according to a posting on Boing Boing, the Congress or the Senate has actually introduced the Digital Content Protection Act of 2006. I'm sure this will become a uh, reviled. phrase in the coming months basically this bill would create a broadcast flag for all digital radio and television uh, leading to fcc oversight of all new digital media technologies including ipods and psps Ah. not just tvs and dvd recorders so under the proposal digital media technologies would be restricted unless they had been certified by the fcc now i think this is absolutely anti-business to say you know what this one industry needs protection, so we're going to force all hardware manufacturers to include uh, a broadcast flag technology. Now, I may be misreading this. It may be that they're not forced to include it. They just wouldn't be able to play the content from content companies unless they do include it. But I don't see why we would need Congress involved if that was the case. <sighs> But I, I thought uh, Cory Doctorow's posting was pretty, you know, all you have to say is a sigh. <laughs> I thought Cory Doctorow's posting was pretty interesting where he says, you know what? There's two things to be certain of. Everything that can be expressed as bits will be expressed as bits. It doesn't matter what kind of copy protection you have. If you can express it as bits, it will be expressed as bits. And somebody will be able to read those bits somehow. And bits are only going to get easier to copy. They're almost... I don't see how, but they're so easy to copy and it's only going to get easier. Now, the entertainment companies just fear this. And I love his analogy. If the current entertainment companies can't or won't adapt to a world of bits, that's too bad. Let them die and let new businesses that thrive in the new technology reality take place. Governments that try to protect businesses that demand copy proof bits are like governments that try to protect businesses on the sides of volcanoes (laughs) who demand an immediate end to business disrupting lava. And it's right. You know what? Oh. The bits are out there. They can be copied. Get used to it. I fundamentally, I don't agree with Cory Doctorow and everything, but I fundamentally agree with him on this. This is a, this is a force, uh, almost a force of nature. You you can't yeah. fight it. You need to adapt to it. But they just keep trying and trying. It's more it's, and more laws, well, more and more BS. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that that's what gives the lie to it, right? When you have to constantly put in laws to make things right, you're obviously fighting against the natural current of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, the things that work well are the things that don't require a ton of regulation. Yeah, it's not very forward-looking. Unless they just naturally won't work that way. For instance, you know, you need laws against murder and things like that because you don't want to tolerate any amount of it. But this isn't like that. This is just business. And it's not like we have a fundamental right to copy-protected music. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Let the marketplace determine it. That's, that's my feeling. 
the adult entertainment industry is uh, is getting in on the uh, the whole Blu-ray DVD HD DVD thing. Did you see this? Yes. <laughs> so uh, what? And you know, the the best part about this uh, this posting here. I'm skipping ahead, and then I'll go back. By the way, if you're looking at the lineup, the uh, the uh, in a, in a uh, in a in a speech at the recent Adult Entertainment Awards, Greg Fitzsimmons said the internet was completely <laughs> funded by porn. Well, exaggerating a little bit, but not that much, honestly. And if it wasn't for the internet, all the porn people would be out of business. So they've got some sway. Yeah, and it's really true. It appears that some companies have chosen chosen to take sides in the Blu-ray HD DVD battle. So Digital Playground, a, an adult content company, will support Sony's Blu-ray, but others like Vivid Entertainment... Uh, seem to think that the answer is supporting both Blu-ray and HD DVD. I wonder if there were any um, any meetings or anything interesting that we missed while we were at CES and the the AVNs were there. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure there were discussing this. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? I mean, this they are a huge force in making Blu-ray or HD DVD successful. Nobody wants to talk about, but it's true. What's interesting to me is that you know they their take on this is you the porn industry as for whatever you think about it. Their take on things is usually the best business take. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were the first to the internet with tons of technologies. And so it's interesting to see them acting pretty much like everyone else on this. It's too bad they can't stand on a united front. Yeah. That, that, could, that, that could really sway oh, that would, that would That would almost end the debate, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just have to see. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll come to terms more easily than other companies have. Meanwhile, back at the RIAA ranch... Uh, Ars Technica is reporting that the EFF has dug up plans by the RIA and the MPAA to try to replace fair use with something called customary historic use. Okay, so explain this to me. The headline on Ars Technica pretty much explains it. Big content would like to outlaw things no one has thought of yet. <laughs> so instead of fair use, which is actually applicable to any situation, even though it, it's somewhat vague and limits and very limiting... Uh, they would like customary historic use, which would mean if in the past people have been able to use content in this way, they can continue to. But as we go forward, you can't use it for anything. Oh. <laughs> it only has to, ha it must have a historic use for it to be fair use. Okay, so here's the um, the first part of the criteria, the criteria for content of regulations. In achieving the goal of preventing the indiscriminate, unauthorized copying and redistribution of certain digital audio content over digital networks, any proposed regulations to govern digital audio broadcast transmissions and digital audio receiving devices shall, A, I'm not going to read all this. Oh my God, yeah, it goes wow. on A, B through, A through E. But I think the one that's <clears throat> highlighted in the Ars Technica article is permit customary historic use of broadcast content by consumers to the extent... Such use is consistent with applicable law. Okay, so you can use things if there's a historic uh, precedent, unless unless we've passed a law against that. Oh, <laughs> that's what that that's what clearly, that means. clearly, yeah. yeah. So, in other words, we really don't want you to do anything with content at all, unless we've specifically said you could. It's, I mean, it's just they're. I'm telling you, they're killing themselves. They are really. They're getting to the point. I mean, I don't want to be an alarmist. I don't think a lot of these things will kill their industry. I think they're harmful to consumers and they're harmful to themselves. But the more they try to clamp down, I think they're overreacting and they're gonna they're they're in danger of overreacting themselves into a bigger hole, which in their logic will only substantiate their claims. It doesn't matter what happens. 
they use it to substantiate their claims. So if they get in a bigger hole because of their own actions, they're mm-hmm. going to blame it on piracy mm-hmm. because that's what they do. And if things succeed, they're going to credit it to their anti-piracy. So they, they they're the only a, ones who will make any money off of anything for the rest of. Well, I don't think they will make any money because I think people well, will a, eventually just stop. Well, there's a paragraph here. So if you were planning to launch a startup and make millions off the coming digital broadcast media revolution by inventing the next iPod or combining digital radio with Web 2.0 and VoIP and Skype and RSS and Wi-Fi mesh networks, then forget about it. When digital broadcast nirvana finally arrives, the only people who will be legally authorized to make money off of music and movies are the middleman at the RIAA and MPAA. Well, and what about my content? What about my own content? If I just go off and I create, you know, my blog mm-hmm. and, and, and I have some audio and video content on there, is it not going to be able to play on these new devices? Is it not going to fit customary historic use? I mean, will they actually squash people from creating their own content yeah, unless it comes scary. through the avenue of, of Hollywood? That's, that's really that's, scary. That's, that's a really scary trend. But there will always be workarounds. Well, and that's what Cory Doctorow's point is. Bits yeah. are bits mm-hmm. and you can't copy them. Tying I mean, them together. Yes. You know, I mean, a, a, a <laughs> bit by a bit by bit copy of a CD is always possible. Mm-hmm. Always possible. Uh, another crazy story here is uh, from it was passed along to us actually by Foxhound Admin. Thanks for the email. Hollywood wants to force down converting of high def discs. So you'd buy a high def disc, you'd put it in your TV, but if you want to watch it through an analog out. Not the best way to watch a high-def picture, obviously. HDMI is the better way, or DVI. But if you want to watch it through an analog out, like composite or, or, or just a regular video out, they're going to down-convert the signal. The idea being, analog is a way to get around copy protection. Right. Whereas an HDMI ha- allows DRM to pass through. If you're watching it through a composite out, then it would down-convert it, and it wouldn't look high-def. So it'd cripple, huh. it would cripple your DVD. If you want to watch it through an analog out. Now, granted, it's not the best way to to look at this. You're losing some resolution using an analog out over a digital out. But come on, don't cripple it for me. It's already yeah. bad enough. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, they already do this with upconverting DVDs. Yeah. This, this is a pain in my patootie. But I have an upconverting <laughs> DVD player that I only have one HDMI input on my TV and I I know there's ways around this and I'm sure people email me what they are but I just too lazy to go about it so I I plug in my up converting DVD player through a composite in because it's it's just easier and there are some DVDs that don't get up converted because of copy protection and the copy protection prevents it from up converting through an analog out huh and so wow. they're there's basically want to do the same thing with high def so now DVDs. they're just basically keeping you from circumventing the DRM. Right? Yeah, well, that's what they're trying to do. They're saying they're saying we know you can circumvent it in an analog in an analog way. out. So we're gonna we're gonna degrade the signal so you're not getting as good of a quality. That would kind of like be the equivalent of if record labels made it so you know how you can um, if you want to copy a DRM CD to wait how how do how do you do it? Well, the, the equivalent would be if you have a DRM CD and you play it out through a wire okay, and then so record the it digitally, right? Uh-huh. As a as a as a wave mm-hmm. and then reconvert it to MB, MP3. That's what they're trying to stop. Yeah. The analog of that in video. What I was thinking of is when you have um iTunes DRM DV uh, CDs. Yeah. If you if you um copy them onto a CD and then re-rip it, that takes off the DRM, but Right, right. But that's easier 
than this, definitely. Right, and that, but that's still all digital. Yeah. This is talking about like the analog. I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, and who really wants to do that? It's just, I think it's hilarious to that. Uh, we'll come back with the Pope getting in on the copy protection schemes, taking oh, a few cues from the RIAA. Uh, a good example of why DRM doesn't work from Will and has Microsoft solved spam? Yeah, right. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. All right, another uh, posting off of Boing Boing today that caught my eye. Actually, it was on Sunday. Uh, The Pope, or I, I imagine the Vatican, has announced that henceforth and retroactively, the words uttered and penned by the head of the Catholic Church will only be publishable after permission is secured and royalties paid to the church. Can I just say this quote from the article right here? A Vatican spokesman said that the Holy See had to defend itself against pirated editions. Who's pirating the Pope? Well, and... And why do you care? I mean, I don't want to get in too much of a religious argument, but if the words are divinely inspired, isn't the idea that you want to spread them yeah, to everyone. To everyone. Shouldn't you want people to be making copies I mean, and sending we're, we're them to people? Like, wow, a weird area here. Listen but... to the great thing that the Pope had to say. And in like, fact, the Union of Italian Catholic Publishers and Booksellers said that it had not been consulted and that the edict flies in the face of what they do. Yeah. Which is spreading the message. That's really ridiculous. I, I mean, can't believe that. My guess is that this is just someone not really understanding yeah. what, what's going on. Like, I, I, I don't even have an explanation for it. Um... Wow. The Vatican said that if embargoes were broken in future, not only would the journalist face sanctions, but also his or her publication would face legal action. Wow, they're taking it to... Yeah, okay, we got a you know, risk of excommunication. <laughs> Be careful of that. That's what I was hoping that <laughs> sentence was going <laughs> to, actually. No, they didn't, they didn't say that, but yeah. It's I implied. Mean, it's just apparent that there are there, there is a lot of resistance to understanding the new realities of the world. And honestly, I don't think that this would have been an issue in the past. Yeah. It's just because of digital media that, you know, I, you never heard this coming out of the Vatican before. It kind of reminds me of the, of the Martin Luther King thing that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a way to make money off of content, Yeah, but people want to make money in every way off of content. That, that, that to me seems to be, seems wrong. Part of the issue. Seriously. Uh, We we got a great, uh, posting from Will, he, it was in the forums, actually. Uh, he has a good example of why DRM doesn't work. The only way to listen to music on your iPod with the service that he subscribes to would be to make an audio CD in Windows Media Player because he mm-hmm. buys WMAs. So he emailed, uh, he emailed the, uh, the company and said, hey, is there any way for me to put your music on my iPod? They wrote him back and said, no, uh, Windows Media Files don't work on, on your iPod. If you want to... Uh, listen to the music on your iPod, you'd have to make an audio CD in Windows Media Player, uh-huh. then transfer the music onto your iPod using the iPod software. Uh-huh. To to which Will got very angry and said, thanks for the advice, but you know what? I'm sorry to inform you that what you are suggesting for me to do is in fact in breach of Australian copyright law and yes, your own terms and conditions. So the support person from this service Basically advised him to break the law. Yeah. Why? Because the support person is probably like, oh, well, this makes sense. Here's because, the only way you can do it. Because their DRM is stupid. Yeah. And they know that. They all know it's stupid. Yeah. <sighs> well, and it just flies in the face of common sense. 
Yeah. The support person's like, oh, yeah, you're paying for this music. You probably want to listen to it during your iPod. It's unfortunate the WMAs don't play in your iPod, so here's how to do it. Not realizing he is advocating, I mean, maybe realizing, maybe not, but advocating breaking the law. Probably realizing, probably not really caring. Yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if oh, yeah, that wait, was not well, the I'm first not time he I'm not that. mentioning the name of the company simply because I wouldn't want the guy to get in trouble. Aww, who did it? Cuz it's nice. the right thing to do. It is. But yeah, thanks for that and we'll have the link in the show notes in the forum. Uh check out Will's blog as well. Now there was a very very interesting article to me on Slashdot about Microsoft's promise to end spam in 2 years. This was I think around 2 years ago that they said this. <laughs> and uh so somebody Called him on it. Seattle Post Intelliger is actually running a story. And the verdict is an emphatic maybe. Maybe. This, this from the article. Microsoft says it sees things differently. To solve, quote, the problem for consumers in the short run doesn't require eliminating spam. What? Uh, the general manager of Microsoft, Ryan Hamlin, says that he says the idea is to contain spam to the point that its impact on inboxes is minor. And that way, he says that the prediction has come true as long as you're using the right tactics and advanced filtering technology available for Microsoft. Could have fooled me. Yeah, you know what? I looked in my inbox and I had a bunch of spam. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm not using the right tactics and CNET must not be using the advanced filtering technology that he's talking about. <laughs> but guess what? I still got spam. And, and lots of it. I shouldn't have to. So it's not solved, Bill or even Ryan. <laughs> If I'm still getting spam hey, in my inbox, guys. it's not solved. Seriously, guys. Seriously. Let's get on it. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you another year. Extension, Veronica? We'll give them mm, an extension? Six months. Six months. All right. Veronica says six months. A couple bits today. Con Conica Minolta is pulling out of the camera business. This is pretty old news, actually. Yeah. But it was uh, it was sent to us uh, by email. Mm -hmm. Uh January 19th, a Reuters story, though, they've announced for sure. Maybe, I think it was rumored before, and now I it's... I saw it on Dick, like, probably a week and a half ago. Now it's announced maybe. for... I think it's announced for real. Okay. And for they'll reals. be selling their SLR camera assets to Sony Corp. Wow. So it's all for real. That part I didn't remember. Or rec notice. Couple, <laughs> recognize. A <laughs> couple of websites uh, people either sent me or I stumbled across, pureflix.com. Have you heard of this? Yes. So, so you send your own DVDs to people, yeah, right? You make net, a list. It's Netflix, but it's like peer-to-peer -peer DVDs. Instead of where Netflix keeps a big library of DVDs, mm -hmm. PeerFlix, actually, the library is contained in the libraries of people out there. Yeah, but when we say peer-to-peer, -peer, don't think that you're actually sending a digital copy of a DVD no, to someone else. it's peer-to-peer -peer through MeetSpace. You mail it. <laughs> like the Pony Express. Yeah, you're using the U.S. Postal Service to trade your packets, but otherwise, whoa. you know, it's the same thing. Whoa, Tom, whoa. <laughs> Postal Service? <laughs> What's mail? Sorry. <laughs> it's a very slow download. Oh. That's that, think, okay. of it, think of it that way. <laughs> but what I want to know, you know, I mean, how do you guarantee quality? How do you guarantee you're getting the right? I guess you send- What if you your, never get your DVD back? You send your DVD into them, and then they verify that it's playable and it's the right one and send it along, and then they send you yours. So there's some okay, quality so there's, control there's there. there's a middleman. Yeah. Okay, so you're not and, just like mailing it to some dude's house. There's no like stalker. Oh, you're getting random people's no, no, home no. addresses. I think, I think they're the middleman handling this. So okay, well, there's a central server, you know, to put it in terms of- Oh, good. Of, okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Authorization. Uh, and and I, guess, I guess it would work. You just have to be willing to abandon your DVDs. Like mm -hmm. when you send one, when you trade one in, you're just basically saying goodbye to it. Yeah. And I think you take ownership of whatever one you get in, in place. Oh, forever? Yeah, probably. 
Hey, you know what? Um, have you ever heard? Probably, of, have you ever heard know. of Book Crossing? Book Crossing? No. Bookcrossing.com? Uh-uh. It's a great website for um, people who are avid readers of books. Yeah. And um, what you do is you, when you finish a book, you put the book on your on your profile. Uh-huh. And then you go drop it somewhere. Like yeah. in a cafe. You just leave it. Uh-huh. And then you tell the website that you've left it. And then someone goes, oh, I want to go read that book. And they go to the site and pick up the book and write a review on it. You know, my library had that serve, well, you know, before the internet. But mm-hmm. back in like the 70s, they had the thing of paperbacks at the front of the library, the local library. And you, you would just leave books there and then you could take books from there. Yeah. It was like a free book exchange. So it's like the 21st century version of that. And it's kind of like a treasure hunt. Yeah. It's like geocaching, a little geocaching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be a good addition to it, actually. Yeah, I actually put GPS coordinates. Yeah. This is where I left the book. All right, wait, sh- don't talk about it. We're going to make our millions. <laughs> yep, here we go. <laughs> Darn it. Cut that out of the podcast. Edit that out. Uh, also, somebody sent in unabridgedbooks.com. Uh, it's a book service that sells undrm'd MP3s of books. Oh, fantastic. They're mostly public domain books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, and they're unabridged. They're the full text. They don't cut it down, which which some like, some places do when you buy audiobooks. Is it the robot speaking? I don't think so. I think they have real people speaking. Okay, but that's, I, that's better. I, I, you know what? I should double check. Because I've tried to listen to the robot. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to read a it's book that fun. way. And listen to a it's book that fun way. It's fun until you get tired of the robot. I, t- I did the war, the war of the worlds one. Remember, yeah. I told you about that. Oh yeah, well that's a perfect one to do too. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even remember how it went, but it was awful. But this looks like a good idea. Yeah, I might try it. Um, O'Reilly publishers, often on the forefront of Web 2.0, are going to allow access to books as they're being written. What? So you get, you pay, I think you pay, you get access to updates of the book as it's being written, revisions and and paragraphs. You get to watch the book being written. And then once the book is actually done and published, you get a copy of the book. Wow. I think that's great. I think that's great too. I think it's fantastic. I think they're opening up them up to all kinds of misunderstandings, you know, because yeah. if you've ever written anything, you understand that the first draft always contains errors. And intentional or uh, unintentional or other yeah. <laughs> well, I mean these are these are technical books. There's not gonna oh. be too many plot points. <laughs> that's too bad. And I misunderstood that. It's the a PHP just tech misread the database. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Shut up. Um But it's O'Reilly's, right? Okay. So it's mostly tech books. Oh right. I forgot about that part. <laughs> my bad see it would be way funnier if it was like it fiction. would be Wouldn't it that? would be and then the story changes actually there we go we got our second million dollar idea darn it and molly we're gonna be rich by the time you get back mm-hmm. uh from the forums these guys had a uh discussion about the spc you know trying to meter the net for content providers we've talked about the telcos getting greedy he had a technical discussion with a couple of his coworkers and made the decision that if they do go forward with this plan they would block the ips of the offending telcos and not push traffic through them at all good idea so it's like a retaliation if you want more details head to our forums and take a look fight the man yeah no kidding fight the power all right, we got some phone calls. This one from Daryl, which is one of many phone calls and emails about the same issue. Hey there, Molly, Tom, and Veronica. This is Daryl Shandro with the Blind Access Journal, and I'm just uh, uh, asking you to cover the Google Word Verification Accessibility Petition. That's available at blindwebaccess.com. That's blindwebaccess.com. Uh, we are asking Google to make its word verification scheme accessible to everyone, including the blind and visually impaired. Wouldn't be hard to, cho- 
to do. Companies like AOL and Microsoft are already providing an audio playback, so uh, please, please uh, discuss the petition and uh, sign it and urge others to do likewise, please. Uh, I know a couple of other uh, people have also posted comments, and I'm also going to post an email. Regular listener, keep up the great podcast. Thanks. I have actually gone and uh, signed up myself. That's great. And you should do so as well. I will as well. And, uh, you know, and to people out there, Go go to go to the website, read the petition. If you agree, sign up. Basically, if you don't understand, you know how you when you sign up for things and they give you that little graphic that says, you know, please enter the what code you see here. Right. Sometimes Security. I can't figure them out anyway. I mean, they're so bad. You know, and I man. have decent eyesight, but uh, they're they're meant to prevent bots from auto subscribing to things. Right. But it's a problem if you're blind or even if you just have impaired sight because you can't see them. You can't enter them. So what AOL and Yahoo, what he mentioned, have done is provided alternative ways to hear that that still confound the bots, but allow vision impaired people to continue. And Google said that they were committed to this, but they haven't done it yet. So mm. people are getting a little antsy saying, Google, do it now because they want to use they want to use it. Google. They want to use Google services. All right. We have a uh, another e- a voicemail. I believe this is from Duke. Does he say Duke in I Portland? Really, yeah. I'm listening here. Hey, Tom, Molly, and lovely Veronica. Duke in Portland, and, and I just had a quick comment about uh, your discussion on satellite radio last Friday. Uh, Tom, you'd mentioned you thought that the uh, reception on XM was better than Sirius, and your friend had said vice versa. And actually, it's not a reception issue. Uh, Adam Curry had talked about this about uh, a week ago in his podcast and said it's actually a bandwidth problem. Um, what it is is basically if uh, you are running a uh, voice-only podcast, they encode it in a mono uh, low bit rate format for uploads or uh, uplink to the satellite, and anything musical is in a stereo higher bit rate, but apparently it's not quite CD quality. So there's your reason why it doesn't sound uh, as good as CDs. So hope that helps. Cheers. Have a great day. You know, I think I misspoke a little bit when I was talking. I, I, I meant the quality of the sound. I, I know I may have said use the word reception, but. I think you said the word reception, but I think you were referring to yeah i was i was things. meaning that the the, the sound quality yeah. of xm versus sirius and uh, also someone wrote in and said and was complaining i said well it's five steps away to record satellite broadcasts and turn it into mp3s and they mentioned some software that can record satellite broadcasts and turn them in and i was aware of that when i say it's five steps away i mean that you can't do it within the box you can't do it within the MiFi. you have to take the content out and then you have to run it through the software that he's talking about it's maybe not five steps but it's you have to take several steps well, unless you have a, a portable XM player or Sirius Well, and player. I think the Inno actually allows you to turn and them the, into... And the new one, there's a new Sirius player. I shot a video for it. Yeah, the S6. Something. something like that. Yeah. I should know that. So those new ones actually are getting closer. They're taking out the steps. Yeah. Uh, story out today says the British Parliament was attacked using the WMF, the Windows Metafile exploit that we were discussing. Got an email from Bruno uh, who said, all right, MS... Windows Media Metafile Flaw. Steve Gibson insists it was intentionally put there, although now he's saying it was not malevolent. Rusinovich says it's poor design. At this point, Bruno thinks we should just all follow Veronica to the Mac. Woohoo! I'm like the Pied Piper. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're hypnotizing people into <laughs> following you. All right, uh, final shout out to Andrew in Frederick, Maryland. Congratulations. He just found out his wife is Hooray! pregnant. He's going to be a daddy. Congratulations, Andrew, and coming little mini Andrew or Andrew's wife. 
Uh, you can email us, buzz at cnet.com, or call us 1-800-616-CNET. Give us a shout on the forums, forums.cnet.com, and scroll down, look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. Hopefully Molly will be able to call in tomorrow, and she will be back in the studio on a Friday. Mm-hmm. But until then, see you later. Oh, guys, don't forget about the uh, Flickr group either. No one's added to that in a long time, yep. and I'm not happy. Where do you find it? Um, it uh, Flickr.com slash buzz out loud? No. No? No, I don't remember. Look in the forums. We'll post it there. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.